Leaders come in all different shapes, sizes, and styles. There is not a one-size-fits-all solution to leadership. Our goal is to connect with those who are in the trenches each day, leading themselves and leading others, to learn about their unique style, and to provide our listeners with inspiration to lead. Welcome to the Lead with Empower podcast. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining today. We have a, a very special guest, my main man, Jeff Paglise, from over at the Middlesex County Chamber of Commerce in Middletown. Jeff is the one of the vice presidents of the Middlesex County Chamber. He is a staff liaison to a ton of the chamber's industry-based committees and its county-based divisions. He coordinates the legislative and municipal relations serves as the administrator of the Middlesex County Revitalization Commission. I had to practice that one. That was a big one. Yeah. Um, Good job. And then <laughs> the Re revolving loan fund that assists small businesses in the region. And Jeff has also spearheaded the launch of Muse Plus, which is the chambers. It's a newer effort to develop a co-working space and innovation ecosystem in the city of Middletown. Jeff is a Naugatuck native. He attended Naugatuck High School where he, according to him, he thrived as a, as a high school athlete. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later on. After graduating from Naugie High School, he earned a Bachelor of Science degree in political science from CCSU in 2003 and a Master of Science degree in political science from Southern Connecticut State University in 2005. Jeff has a wonderful family, his wife, Katie, who's a professional photographer. Jeff and Katie are also proud parents of three young sons, Evan, Owen, and Ian. Jeff, man, absolute pleasure to have you on. I really appreciate you taking, taking time out of your day to join us, uh, uh, join us for the Lead With Empower podcast. So before we get into it, tell us, we covered a ton of what you do at work, and I know there's gotta be a ton of, of what you do at home. Tell us a little bit about Jeff Baglese outside of work and family. What are some of your interests? What are some of your hobbies that you find yourself spending time on? Well, I appreciate you having me, my friend. I think what you're doing here with this podcast and everything you're doing on the leadership front is really, really good. You are a true leader. Um, so anytime I'm mentioned in the same breath as you, I feel honored. And uh, I'm very grateful for that introduction that you gave me. And maybe it was a little generous, but I'll take it. I'll tell you what, I'll <laughs> sign up and I'll take it. Uh, in terms of you covered a lot of it, uh, you know, with uh, my wife, Katie, who's a, a wonderful partner. And I think we both were able to marry out of our leagues and kind of outkick our coverage. I think we both established <laughs> check that box, which is which is yep, always yep. good uh, for gentlemen <laughs> such as ourselves. That's uh, right. And you mentioned we have three young sons who we adore and just the light of our lives. Uh, they're six, four and two right now. So if I'm not home, kind of helping Katie manage all that stuff, uh, when I come home from work, I kind of get the handoff because, as you mentioned, she's a small business owner and she needs time to kind of invest in that and make sure she takes care of her clients. And she loves it. It's really a labor of love for her. So, um, you know, in addition to work and the, uh, the very busy home life, I'm a huge baseball fan, as I know you are too, huge sports fan. But, you know, baseball and basketball are kind of at the top of my list. Huge Yankee fan, longtime season ticket holder before uh, the three little guys that I mentioned kind of made that uh, not possible any longer. But uh, really missing baseball at this point as we all kind of uh, grapple with this COVID-19 situation. We're all managing as best we can. Uh, but I think you covered a lot of it and just try to be uh, you know, a good husband, good father, 
good member of the chamber team here and a good friend to uh, to friends like you, Dan. So again, thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. And I can attest to that. Great, great man right there and a great, uh, great asset in Middletown uh, through the chamber, his work with the chamber and beyond. Great friend as well. Um, you mentioned the New York Yankees, obviously. Uh, we're both, uh, both fans. Favorite Yankee of all time. I got to go with the captain. I got to go with number two, Derek Jeter. Uh, I was a huge Tino guy growing up in the, you know, the mid nineties when the Yanks got him and into the, through the dynasty years. Uh, but just, you know, Jeter was always like maybe five or six years older than us. So if we were 15, he was say 21 or 22 and he was just the coolest guy on the planet. Um, <laughs> he played the game the right way. And, uh, you know, I tried to emulate as, as best I could. I know we both have a, a slow pitch softball career, which for me at least is in the rearview mirror. <laughs> me I too. always try to wear number two and, you know, do the impressions in the batter's box and the batting stance and all of that. And uh, <laughs> I just still think of him as a leader. I know our topic today is really centered around leadership that uh, I've always admired him as a man and as a player. And I continue to, to this day. That's awesome. And, and yeah, you touched on it and we'll get into um, leadership. And really the idea is there are so many different versions of leaders and leadership styles out there. And it's not a specific playbook necessarily to follow based on who you are as a leader or the situation that you find yourself in. However, um, there's a lot of common traits between tremendous leaders and um, we'll definitely highlight some of yours today, Jeff. Not all of them. We don't have that much time. Well, just some of them we'll get to today. <laughs> we could end it right now, actually. <laughs> How long have you been with the Middlesex Chamber? And tell us a little bit about how you got your start and kind of how Jeff has evolved as a, as a key member to the Chamber's team. Well, I consider myself very fortunate the way I've kind of landed at the Chamber and have had the opportunity to develop here at the Chamber. You mentioned I got my master's at Southern um, and it was interesting how it happened. It was like right at the end of the calendar year of 2005, so the end of that fall semester. And like a lot of folks, I was, you know, looking for a job and, and trying to find that right niche for what I was getting into. And you mentioned that I've been studying political science for my whole life. And it's kind of difficult these days and even back then to uh, obtain a really cool employment opportunity in the political science field. A lot of folks that study that uh, subject really tend to either go to law school or go into teaching or go into um, kind of public service, whether it's working for a member of Congress or a senator or a state legislator, something like that. Uh, but, you know, those jobs are, are, uh, are very limited in, uh, in nature in terms of numbers. And there's a lot of folks that have those kind of degrees. And I think you're seeing that now with the trades and, uh, you know, careers in manufacturing, things that are much more specialized. And it's a lot easier to, to obtain employment when you're more specialized these days. And that was true back then, maybe to a lesser extent. Yeah. Uh, but I was really fortunate that Larry McHugh at the time, our president, Larry McHugh, who many people know, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, the chamber oh, president, right. at yep. the time was chairman of the board of the Connecticut State University system. So I got my bachelor's at Central, my master's at Southern, and I was able to develop a relationship with Larry. And in his capacity as president of the chamber, he just very luckily for me, had a job opportunity right at the beginning of 2006. And it was in kind of a, a staff level workforce development position. I was willing to kind of take anything and just become a member of a team and see if I can help an organization grow and, and see if I could develop personally and professionally. Um, so that was coming up on you know 15 years ago or so. So I've been able to hang around at the chamber and just kind of take on more and more as different people have left and as the chamber's gotten into different industry sectors and different programs. I've been able to kind of learn and take those on. You mentioned the Middlesex Revitalization Commission. I had no background whatsoever in small business lending or banking of any kind. 
um, but you kind of get thrown into the fire in this position a little bit. And I've been fortunate to hang around and myself and my colleague, Johanna Bond, were both elevated to vice president in 2013. I think we have a, a really strong relationship both personally and professionally. So I think that works well with the coach still in the top spot and Johanna and I kind of managing the VP role, uh, you know, jointly, which I think has been a good model. So that's really how my chamber career has gone. For somebody with my interests um, and kind of what I'm looking to do professionally, I don't think there's a better job uh, for somebody to work when they're, I started when I was 24 years old. I don't mind telling your listeners, I was 24 <laughs> when I started, 38 now. So um, I don't think there's a better role in the state of Connecticut and a better person to work for than Larry McHugh for those really formative years as you're getting really into your professional career. So I'm very, very grateful for that. Without a doubt. And, uh, and having, you know, spent plenty of time at the chamber, whether it be to, to meet with you and JB or, or, or for one of the, the many events that the chamber puts on on a monthly basis. Uh, it's a, it's a tremendous team. And you mentioned kind of trial by fire learning, which I think all leaders go through. You couldn't surround yourself with a better group of people to have, you know, to have that environment to bounce ideas off of. So um, lucky indeed, Jeff. <laughs> I agree, my friend. I'm very fortunate on a number of fronts and uh, you know, just uh, always, always grateful. Very much so. Tell us a little bit about, the how the the relationship between you and coach started as a, as a college student maybe a, a graduate student obviously it was a relationship that led to employment for you and and a, a position that has allowed you to grow professionally um tell us a little bit about the beginnings of that relationship though it's a unique story yeah absolutely you know coach is he can be an intimidating guy from the outside and from the outset of your relationship so when I first came in, you know, I was, I was certainly intimidated and I came in, I wanted to do a good job. And I remember the first day I started, he gave me some assignment, you know, it was probably really menial back then. I don't remember what it was. And I said, you got it, Mr. McHugh, you know, I'll be, I'll be right back with this. And he sternly looked at me and he said, it's Larry or coach. <laughs> and I think that really kind of set the tone. It relaxed me. I mean, it was a bit of a fastball under the chin, maybe a little <laughs> bit, but I think it also relaxed me. And, um, you know, it made me realize right away that he was more interested in developing a personal relationship with me. We've come, become great friends over the years. I consider him one of my best friends. I tell him that all the time. Uh, but at the outset, you know, I was just looking to get off to a good start. Um, he had this great reputation, still does, as a, you know, Hall of Fame football coach here in the state of Connecticut with your alma mater, uh, Xavier High School. He was, uh, you know, very, very successful. I love hearing the stories about the old days at the pit down at Palmer Field and uh, you know, driving around Middlesex County in chamber one, which is coach's car, as you know, you hear, you hear a lot of the great old stories and a lot of them have to do with his time in teaching and coaching. And he's been a mentor and a leader to so many people in this community. Um, so I'm very fortunate to have really seen that relationship grow and blossom over the years. Uh, you know, to the beginning, it was a really very much a professional relationship and it's really grown into a really deep and strong friendship, which uh, again, I'm very appreciative of that. Um, and the experience and the exposure that this job and working with him have provided me and my family uh, is just amazing. And again, I'm going to say the word grateful a number of times throughout our conversation, <laughs> my friend. So forgive me, but uh, that's, no, that's no need to heart. apologize. Prior to about a month ago, right. And, and we obviously mm -hmm. have had some big changes to how uh, we go about life uh, in the past few weeks. Prior to that, what, 
what's what was a normal day in the life of 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 JP at the chamber? What did that look like? What were some of the the, the tasks, the responsibilities that you would experience over the course of a, a quote unquote normal workday? Well, that's a great question. You know, you're a, a member of ours and a great supporter and friend of ours. We're a member organization. We're a business organization. Uh, we're here to support the business community. But we always say that beyond supporting the business community, which is our charter, we strive to be a real community organization. And making sure we're committed to that means we're involved in so many things throughout our service area and beyond. Um, so a typical day for me, you know, you mentioned the county-based divisions. We're based here in Middletown, and Middletown has a special place in our heart. Um, it has so much of the economic impact going on throughout the uh, service area, Middlesex County, but we have the entire county as part of our service area. So, you know, I staff all these divisions, or at least go to the division meetings and provide updates from the chamber and intersect and network with our members. Um, so, and it's a lot of morning meetings and evening meetings, as you know, yep. because you know, to properly serve the business community and our membership, you have to make sure it's convenient for them. So, and part of that is making sure that they have as much of a full business day to be productive as we can provide them. So it's a lot of 8 a.m. meetings so they can, you know, intersect with the chamber team and get service and get, uh, you know, make sure they get results out of that, but then still salvage a full business day. Or it's at the end of the day with a networking reception, or maybe they can knock off at four o'clock or so and come to a a human resources meeting or something along those lines. So we really try to work around the schedules of our members, which means on the staff side, again, it's a lot of early mornings and a lot of evenings. Part of this job too, is there's a lot of food you have access to. So you got, you got to keep an eye on, uh, on, your, on your belt size, which has been a challenge for me because you, know, you might have a breakfast meeting in the morning, you might have a lunch meeting with members that are sandwiches are there in the lunchtime. And then you might have a networking reception in the evening with some delicious apps <laughs> and maybe a, a cold beer. Uh, so that, that can be a bit of a challenge. But, you know, you mentioned about a month ago before this thing hit us, we were smack in the middle of a legislative session. And you mentioned that part of my role here is to staff our legislative committee and make sure that I'm the eyes and the ears for our membership up at the General Assembly in Hartford. Um, so we were very busy tracking all kinds of legislation that could impact our members. We have a 16-member Middlesex County legislative delegation. We have 10 members of the House and six members of the Senate. So we had to make sure that, you know, we have a strong working relationship with them. We do a legislative breakfast every year at the beginning of session, which is a huge deal for us, uh, just to kind of try to get a sense of uh, what's being planned and what's being debated at the legislative level. And then we do a legislative leadership series where we bring in the leader of each legislative caucus throughout the remainder of the session. So this year we were able to get our meeting in with the Speaker of the House, and then we had three subsequent meetings planned with the House Minority Leader, the Senate Majority Leader, and the Senate Minority Leader, but all of those have been interrupted uh, due to the situation. But we've been doing that for a number of years, and uh, during the legislative session, that takes up a lot of my time. And also the relationship with our municipal elected leaders, which is very important since we have 15 member towns under, yep. uh, under our umbrella here. With the, the changes that we've had to, uh, to kind of work through and navigate, um, have you been able to uh, adjust to stay up to speed on all those different responsibilities that you have, Jeff? It's really become all-encompassing for us. Our members are really hurting. You know, we want to be helpful and a constructive partner on the public health side as best we can. But the best thing we can do for the most part is kind of stay out of their way, those professionals yeah. who are dealing with the front lines, and assist them when we can. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, our job is to really be a business organization and try to protect as best we can the health of the regional economy. So we have a lot of businesses from all different industry sectors, all shapes and sizes, from four, Fortune 500 companies down to solopreneurs and entrepreneurs, small business owners, and they're all looking to how to access the relief that is uh, available to them now or hopefully coming available to them in yeah. the coming days and weeks. So there was this major CARES Act that was passed at the federal level. So we're all day into the night helping members kind of navigate the different programs that are available there, how they go about uh, gathering their financials, improving economic injury, uh, you know, uh, different banks that are offering different things for depositors and mortgage holders and, and commercial borrowers. You know, we're really just trying to be a resource as best we can. And at the same time, trying to continue normal chamber operations as best we yeah. can. Obviously, we're very much an event-driven chamber, and those events are now sidelined, um, as all events are. So we're doing our best to kind of utilize these online portals, such as Zoom and WebEx and Microsoft Teams. We've been doing conference calls all the time, just to try to keep those meetings that are feasible through those means yeah. and keep them going, just to keep our membership connected and really just look to be a resource as best we can and help our members as best we can. Absolutely. And one of the things, uh, again, I'll, I'll speak to this from a, a personal level as somebody in Middlesex County who runs a small business, um, the, the, the influx of information coming from the chamber to its membership has been first class. There's people there to answer questions when you might not fully understand uh, something that you get emailed about. Uh, in addition to that, you know, on the social media side of things, and I know this isn't necessarily under your umbrella of responsibilities, Jeff, but just the, the sense of community, I, th I believe the page is called Shout It Out, mm -hmm. and uh, there's been the, the, the Support Local CT initiative. Um, it's been unbelievable, and it's, it's been a great platform for businesses of all kind in this area to let people know if they're still operating and, and if they've had to change their operation, if they're temporarily closed, if they have open positions, if they're, you know, have a, a team members who are looking for employment. So it's just been a tremendous, tremendous valuable resource. We truly thank you and all the efforts to uh, your, you and, and the team have made to, you know, adapt and adjust to a really <laughs> unique and, and really challenging situation for everybody. So thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, a lot of that credit goes to my colleague, Johanna, that you mentioned earlier. I think we play off each other well. We complement each other's strengths well. She's done a wonderful job. You mentioned the Shout It Out campaign. That was her idea, and she implemented that with the support of our staff. And as you mentioned, it's just a way to try to promote the businesses that are open. A lot of the restaurants are doing curbside pickup and doing the best they can to stay operational through takeout only. Uh, you know, we have all kinds of bookstores and, and uh, you know, toy and hobby stores, other retail operations that are open um, in some capacity. And we're just yep. trying to make sure the general community is aware of that. And we're hoping that the community will support these businesses during this difficult time, as long as, you know, they're able to do so safely. We understand, That's right. first and foremost, that this is a public health crisis and, and we need to mitigate that. Uh, but we can't lose sight of the economic impact of this thing. And the chamber is kind of on the front lines on that side of it, trying to limit that and manage that as best we can. And we have a good yeah. team, uh, a variety of different strengths that we're trying to deploy here through our team members. And you mentioned some of the examples, and I appreciate your comments about that. A hell of a job so far, and it's appreciated greatly. So We're doing um, our best, my friend. <laughs> no, I know. We know that. We see that for sure.
obviously you've discussed some of the the impact on on the business side of things um for you personally what have been some of the the challenges that you've had to overcome with you know working from home and 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 you know occasionally going into the office not having access maybe to all the team members and then what's something that you've i guess enjoyed to the uh, from the different routine well, I think working from home has its uh, pluses and minuses. It certainly has its challenges because, you know, you come to the office and you're all in work mode. I mean, you know how it goes. Yep. You have your office, you have access to your files, you have access to your teammates. And, you know, when you work at a place for as long as I've been here, you get really used to that, uh, that routine. Um, working from home is wonderful because you can kind of just roll out of bed and, you know, fix your hair and get in front of a zoom call and nobody really knows the difference. Uh, but you mentioned that, you know, and we talked about it, I have three little guys at home and the oldest one is in first grade and he's going through this distance learning yeah. process, which a number of youngsters are throughout the country really. Um, oh, yeah. So that has its challenges. Uh, you know, my wife's really taken the lead on that and make sure he's, he has everything he needs technically um, and, you know, provide support to him to make sure that he continues to be a very good student, which he is, thankfully. But then, you know, while she's doing that, there's also a four-year-old and a two-year-old running around. <laughs> so which could be tough to manage. So if I'm home, I'm also trying to balance kind of keeping them occupied, keeping them busy and doing some kind of constructive activity while also maintaining my chamber responsibilities. So that certainly has its challenges. But on the personal side, it makes me feel good that I could offer some help to my wife while she's doing that because she's used to doing that all by herself really. <laughs> uh, and she's kind of a superhero in that regard. Um, so, you know, you really have to try to find your balance. Uh, you can't get overwhelmed by it. Uh, I think if you start to get too stressed out, you become, uh, you know, not the asset you need to be to not only your family, but your employer and, and in our case, our members and the business community at large. Um, so it certainly has its pluses and minuses, has challenges both on the personal and the professional side. But as I mentioned, a lot of people have it a lot worse off than, than I do and my family and the chamber team here as of right now. So I'm trying to keep it all in perspective. And when it comes down to it, all we can do is do the best we can yep. uh, every day on every front. And we're going to continue to try to do that. If you keep it that simple, I think that's the best approach. That's right. Uh, agree 100%. And I'm glad to hear that you and Katie are in the process of mastering the kind of the box in one defense, yeah. uh, you know, one, one on the educational front, one on the, you know, working with the young pups at home. So keep up the great work. We'll try to find some online tutorials for you that we can send over for help as well. Well, I spent, you mentioned my basketball career. I spent a lot of time on the bench and I was able to watch box in ones on the court. Uh, and I didn't have to worry about, you know, playing because I was on the bench. So I got to see how the box in one works. So that's helping me now. In my there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, so they didn't implement the box and one on you is what you're saying. Well, you have to be in the game to have the box and one implemented on you. <laughs> what was baseball or uh, your better sport out of the two in high school? Um, I would say it was about even one thing about high school. I loved high school athletics. I was one of the only folks in my class who played three sports for four years. So yeah. I did cross country in the fall, basketball in the winter and baseball in the spring. And we had great teams. We were among the best teams in the state that year. We had a really strong class. So I was very much a role player on all three of those teams, uh, but I was proud to be. I feel like I could have been more of a go-to guy on a number of other teams in the state. 
but I was very comfortable with my role as a role player. Um, And especially as I got to be an upperclassman, it was really incumbent upon me to be a leader in the the locker room or the dugout. Um, You know, I had a bit of an impact on the court and on the field, but again, we had great teams. So I think that role player mentality in high school has kind of carried into my professional career and uh, my ability to be a good teammate and try to be a good leader and lead by example on, on how to approach, you know, day-to-day things. Absolutely. And it's a, it's a great point you bring up that you don't have to be the, the star on the basketball court or on the baseball field or the star in the office to, to be a leader. Everybody contributes and, and um, it, it's going to look and sound differently based on the person in the role. But if everybody going back to what you said is just does the best that they can in that given situation, the, the result kind of takes care of itself for the team. So another great point, Jeff. You juggle quite a few responsibilities. One of the things we talk about in leadership is, is leadership of self. And before you can really effectively lead other people, you need to be able to navigate your responsibilities in a given day, week, month, et cetera. What are some strategies because you're dealing with early morning meetings, late in the evening meetings, luncheons, phone calls, what are some strategies for you personally that allow you to, to effectively manage and lead all of those different responsibilities that you have in a given day? Oh, good question, Dan. I think it's important for me to kind of lead by example. You know, um, we have these early morning meetings and these, these evening meetings and things like that. That's just nature of the beast. That's part of the job. But I think if I could provide a good example for not only our staff, but for our members as well. And that means arriving to meetings early, yep. ready to go, properly dressed and you know groomed and, and making sure I look professional. And I think that's an important first step. I've never been a real rah-rah guy, where I, I think coach is wonderful at firing people up with um, you know, his kind of pregame and halftime speeches, which he's carried over into his chamber career. I'm not as good at that, admittedly, but I think I I have a strength in leading by example. So, like I said, coming in early, uh, you know, ready to go, being a constructive partner, anybody who needs help with any kind of setup of a meeting or uh, management of a meeting. Uh, I try to be versed in as many topics as I can because chamber meetings, you know, they go in in a number of different directions. So I think a big part of being a good chamber employee and being a good resource to not only the business community, but the community at large is to be knowledgeable on a lot of topics. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be an expert. Nobody expects you to be an expert. Um, But you have to have some base of knowledge on a wide variety of topics. And I try to do that. And I think a lot of that goes back to being well-read and keeping up with the news. I mean, the news these days will drive you nuts. But you know, you have to make sure you have a measured approach to that. But I think it's really important to be well informed about not only what's going on in the local community, but what's going on statewide and what's going on nationally. And that allows you to be a really good resource for, in in our case, members of our chamber. Also, I think it's important to admit when you don't know the answer to something. And you can say, I've been saying recently, especially with this COVID situation, where somebody will come and say, well, this SBA program is available. How do I do this? And I'll say, you know what? I don't know, but I will get you that answer. Yep. And we're fortunate to have a number of different resources available to us through the chamber where I can get that answer. I feel like early in my chamber career, I would just, you know, try to either make something up or, or you know, or just rush something out just to try to make it seem like I knew what I was talking about. Uh, but that's not, I've kind of grown out of that. That's not what a leader should do. A leader should be honest at all times and say, look, I'm doing the best I can. 
And I don't know the answer to that. I don't know how to help you with that right now, but I am going to do my best to be a constructive partner of you. You're a dues paying member of our chamber. You support our operations here and I'm going to be a resource for you. I will get that answer for you. Or I will get that uh, template for you or that roadmap for you. I will figure out best practices for you and I'll get back to you. I think you have to, honesty is a big part of being a good leader. Yep. And you mentioned earlier leading by example and um, having been at, the breakfasts are always hard for me to get to and from, but the, the evening events, uh, again, speaking uh, uh, on a personal note, seeing you in action after I know this guy was at work probably earlier than you know, a lot of people and, and went through a full day and the energy and the, and, and the enthusiasm of you know, being at a, a business after work or a dinner event was as high as it was probably at the peak of the day for you. And that's uh, you know, an important element of, of being effective in leadership anywhere and, and no matter what you're doing. So it's, it shows and I think that that's what draws people to that attitude amongst the chamber team members as a whole. Um, I think is what draws people to continue to be so heavily involved in the chamber. So I appreciate that, my man. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. Um, again, Je Jeff Puglis, uh, the, one of the vice presidents of the Middlesex County Chamber of Commerce here in Middletown. Great friend, uh, doing a heck of a job so far. I really appreciate you coming on with us today, Jeff. Thank you, Dan. An ex a personal experience that has shaped you as the leader you are today. Oh, boy. Um... I would have to say that I'm fortunate to have a wonderful relationship with my dad, as I know you are too, Dan, and, you, and we've talked about this before in, in right. private conversations. Um, we're very fortunate. I think our families are kind of similar, um, you know, in the fact we both have, uh, you know, all brothers and, and they all have a strong collective relationship with their parents and an individual relationship with their parents. Um, so my dad was always and still is a, a major hero of mine. and you know, the reason I got into kind of, uh, you know, government and politics and business, the reason I had that, that interest or those interests is because I was able to follow my dad around and I was fortunate enough to kind of tag along with him to, you know, whether it's a meeting at Naugatuck Town Hall in the 1980s and I was just a little guy kind of hanging on to his leg and I was able to sit there quietly and kind of see how those meetings went. I think that sparked an interest in me. Um, whether that's, you know, he spent a lot of time at the state capitol. He was a, a government relations professional for many years, and I was able to kind of, you know, tag along up there and see how that process worked. I was very fortunate to go to lunches with him and dinners with other folks who were always so good to me and imparted wisdom on me, and, and they've become friends of mine now that were kind of in a, a similar professional field. Um, so I know that's not really one specific example, but I think just kind of being around my dad, obviously there's the personal side, Yep. He's a wonderful leader of our family, still is, great father, great grandpa. Uh, but, you know, professionally, he was just so willing to have me tag along because I think he knew that I was learning along the way and that really shaped me. And, and I will give you one quick story. We were at a dinner one time and he's with a, a couple of friends and colleagues and they're talking about this high level stuff. I was probably 12 years old. I had no idea. <laughs> and I wasn't saying anything. I was just listening. And one of his friends looked at me and he said, Jeff, what, what are you doing? You know, what's going on over there? And I said, I'm just sitting here listening and learning. And I think they were impressed by that. And I was just being honest. And I think situations like that and examples like that have kind of led me to this point today where I'm on a, you know, a podcast talking to a good friend who's, <laughs> who I also respect as a really great leader in this community. 
talking about uh, you know my professional career to this point. So I would not be here. You would not have any reason to talk to me without those experiences <laughs> that my dad uh, you know brought me along back in my younger years. And it sounds like, which is I think is awesome. It sounds like it wasn't something that you hear about in sport, especially like uh, almost force feeding a parent, force feeding a child, like you're going to play this sport and you're going to love it and you're going to be great at it. And it sounds like it was the complete opposite with your father. He kind of sensed this interest that you had and said, well, let's, let's ride it out. Let's go with it and let's provide those experiences and see what they turn into. You describe it perfectly, Dan. It, it was very organic. It was just like, you know, you want to come along and sit and listen as long as you're quiet, <laughs> you know, you're welcome to come. And I was always able to be a, be a good, quiet boy and just sit there and, and listen and learn. Uh, but I'm forever grateful for those experiences because they, they absolutely have shaped me. Uh, 100%. And while you were growing up attending, you know, think meetings at the Capitol and, and these business luncheons, et cetera, I was uh, rolling around on the Xavier gym floor backfield trying to get better at some sort of sport. And I agree with you full heartedly that, you know, it's hard to pinpoint one, mm -hmm. but then you look back, you know, 30 or more years later and it's, you know, it was all of them. It, it, you know, it's just one big right. experience that was tremendous and it wasn't pushed on us. It was try it out. No, you don't like it. Maybe try it out once more, but all right, let's try something new. Absolutely. And we shouldn't, uh, you know, shouldn't forget about our moms. You know, our moms are the kind of, uh, in my case, certainly, and I know it too, I've, I've worked with your mom on a number of occasions. Uh, they're really the, uh, the true heroes of our families. And, uh, you know, we can't forget to give them the love and respect that they deserve as well. Oh, hundred percent. But the, the backbone, absolutely. When dad was out coaching, it was mom holding down the fort and, and, you know, there's three of us. I'm the oldest of three boys. And uh, it was never easy on mom. And she's a absolute trooper, the strongest person I know. Just looking back on what the heck she had to deal with on a nightly basis when we got home from school or from practice. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And now I see it with my wife. So I'm the youngest of three boys. Uh, so and it's clear that, you know, in our case, that the, the youngest is the favorite of, of the parents. Um, and now I see my wife with our three boys and it's almost like, you know, a very similar situation, just, you know, 30, 30 or so years later. So it's yeah. amazing how life goes. My middle brother, Greg, and I, uh, uh, relentlessly joke with my parents about how the youngest one, Matt, you know, still has a shrine in their house and our <laughs> stuff is boxed up in the basement somewhere, you know, oh, that's great. <laughs> joking, of course, but uh, of course, we, we have fun with it for sure. It's all love. <laughs> So we're obviously in, 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 this has been a common thread throughout the conversation and other conversations, you know, we both had with people recently, um, is a worldwide nationally local, uh, challenges left and right on a daily basis. Um, if you had to identify a public leadership figure, either on the national front or on the local front, who is just handling this very, very difficult situation extremely well, who would you, who would you pick and why? Oh boy, that's a good question, Dan. Um, you know, I'm gonna start locally. And I think the response here in the city of Middletown and in Middlesex County has been very strong. That this situation is unprecedented and is very difficult. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to be on a daily call, which is led by the mayor of Middletown, Ben Florsheim, who's a brand new mayor. He's a, a young man in his late 20s, and he was just elected at the end of last year, November of 2019. 
And he's, uh, I can guarantee you, he wasn't anticipating to have to deal with this in his first, you know, three or four months or no. six months in office. I can guarantee you that. So I think Mayor Florsheim's doing a very nice job. I really do. He's been very collaborative. Um, those calls are very informative and I think they're very productive and they're on a daily basis. And I think he's doing a good job leading those calls. I think the Common Council is stepping up in Middletown here and doing a great job to be, uh, again, as um, collaborative as possible. Uh, everybody's looking to chip in. I feel like, and this is statewide too, I feel like Governor Lamont's doing a really good job. Um, I think he's doing the best he can, like we yeah. talked about. Everybody just has to boil it down to do the best you can. Uh, this is not a, a partisan statement by any means either, because I think that a lot of folks are kind of throwing that party label out the window, which is very refreshing. And it's unfortunate that we need to have a, what is truly amounts to a global crisis to kind of get these political labels out of the way and everybody can just kind of work together. Yeah. I think that's going around countywide. One thing I've always said about our municipal official, uh, officials here in Middlesex County is you walk into a meeting of say the 15 or 16 mayors and first selectmen and first select women throughout Middlesex County and you listen to a conversation, if you don't know them or know their backgrounds, you would have absolutely no clue who's a Democrat, who's a Republican, who's a liberal, who's a conservative, none of that matters. And I think that's why I've come to enjoy local government so much and yep. local collaboration so much. So I really think, I mean, I hate to take the easy way out and say everybody's doing a good job, but I really do think everybody's doing a good job. Um, you know, if you look beyond the state of Connecticut, you know, you see Governor Cuomo doing a very nice job in New York. Um, there are different governors throughout the country. I know Governor DeWine out in Ohio is doing a very nice job and getting a lot of plaudits for his response. So again, this thing has nothing to do with party. I can guarantee that COVID-19 does not give a, you know what, if you're no. a Democrat or a Republican or a conservative or a, or a liberal. Um, so I really do feel like our public officials are stepping up to the plate, doing the best they can, throwing the party labels out the window. Um, and, you know, I see at the state level here, I mentioned the governor's response, but, you know, a lot of the Republican leaders in our state, I think, are just saying, you know, we're in this together. And, you know, we support this administration at this time. You know, there are certainly disagreements on policy things across the board, uh, but this situation is first and foremost front and center for everybody. And I feel like everybody's pulling together and doing a really good job. So I hope that wasn't a, you know, take the easy way out answer by saying everybody. Hope you give me a pass on that one. But I feel like everybody's really stepping up and really being a good community partner. in this. Thing. Yeah, no, so solid, honest answer. And the last, I would never, never ask you to, to roll anybody, throw somebody under the bus there. <laughs> so job well done. Perfectly crafted. Would you lead it or would you leave it? The president is obviously on the national forefront each day. Would you, would you want to be in those shoes or would you say, no, that's, that's somebody else's duty? Man, that's a tough one. One thing I, I didn't mention when you asked about personal interest, I kind of defaulted to sports, but I've always loved the history of the presidency. And, and all I read is nonfiction. And it's usually about either, you know, the presidency itself or the White House as a building or an institution um, or just the, the history of uh, one particular president, biographies, all of that. I, I would say I, I'd, I'd take it. I'd lead it. I would give it a shot. All right. Um, you know, I would need a whole lot of help, uh, more help than I think is available in the entire uh, world. But uh you know, I, I really hesitate. I try, and I think this is part of my at least leadership philosophy, which continues to evolve and develop every day. 
I try to avoid leaving it for someone else. I try to avoid blaming someone else. Even when it's not my fault, Dan, I feel like if, it can, if we can just move on and put that behind us, even if it's somebody else's doing, I'm happy to just kind of take it and say, you know what, I'll own that and let's move on. So just because I, I am really, always really hesitant to leave it for someone else, I'd say I give it a shot. And a boy, good answer. I like it. Courageous answer right there by my man, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you mentioned your, your leadership philosophy and how it, it's ever evolving. Right now, if you had to define your leadership philosophy in a sentence or two, how, how would you define that, Jeff? I would have to, again, default to lead by example, do the best you can. And one quote that has resonated with me uh, in the last couple of years, you remember a gentleman by the name of Tom Sarah here in Absolutely. Middletown, who Absolutely. was a, a true institution in the city of Middletown. And he was a former mayor, a longtime councilman, longtime educator, just a wonderful guy, great chamber supporter, was very good to me personally and professionally, and a friend to so many. I remember him saying, and I know this quote's attributed to him, well done is better than well said. And that's kind of resonated me since his very tragic passing, um, which is sad on so many levels. But um, I feel like that quote has resonated with me. And so if I had to, you asked for one sentence or one phrase, I'm going to give you three. Do the best you can. Lead by example. Well done is better than well said. Love it. Love it. And uh, Mr. Sarah, great man, a great uh, uh, friend to everybody in Middletown. And um, you know, having grown up in this area, it was a tough loss across the board. Who's your current leadership inspiration? One is Ron Puglise, my father, and one is Larry McHugh. I need not go any further, my friend. No, that's, that's as deep into the playbook as you need to go for that one. What's one valuable lesson you've learned from coach that you feel like you've implemented that into your, uh, uh, your daily leadership routine? Coach is always positive, and that is infectious. It really, people need it in good times, and they need it especially now. We need people like Coach in, in the tough times. No matter what situation you're in or whatever you're dealing with, Coach is going to say, look, we're going to do this. We're going to get through this. We're going to be fine, and we're going to be stronger on the back end. He is always, we talked about politics, you know, an important lesson of politics is to be on message, right? Coach is on message, man. Let me tell you, you know this, Dan. Of course. He is on message. He is always positive. His famous line is, the sun always shines in Middlesex County. Um, you know, he ends every meeting. Every He does a column in the Middletown Press every Monday. He always ends it with the sun always shines in Middlesex County. So I would say optimism and stay positive um, and hard worker, man. I mean, yeah. this guy, you know, he keeps a schedule like uh, people – you know, half his age do, not yep. even, you know, more so. And, and he's just a true role model. His dedication to the gym and to working out and to taking care of himself, which allows him to kind of keep that schedule and, and maintain, uh, you know, the leadership philosophy and the schedule that he has. So I would say optimism, stay positive. Sun always shines in Middlesex County, Larry McHugh. That's right. That's right. Perfect. Perfect. We talked earlier about you have three young boys. What's one, uh, quality or characteristic uh, of yours that you hope to pass down to them as they grow and they develop and, and turn into fine young men? I want them to be honest at all times. Um, 
And I don't want them to get too worked up about things. I want them to be calm, cool, and collected. I think, uh, you know, a measured approach is the best way to kind of navigate life, especially, you know, the world that they're growing up in is very complicated, um, at times very dark in, in certain ways and in certain areas. Um, and I think if you, if you have too much angst or you have too much anxiety, um, it could be a really challenging stretch. So I want to make sure that they're calm, cool, and collected, that they have a measured approach, that they're honest, that they, you know, treat everybody with respect, uh, which, you know, we're trying to instill that every day, that they're hardworking, and that they're known as, I always come back to this constructive partner thing, and that's kind of born out of, uh, you know, the chamber trying to be a resource for folks and be helpful for folks. Yep. Do what you can to be a constructive partner. You know, we always talk about, we have our little group, our little uh, group chat, our boys that we go out and, and uh, raise hell with sometimes. And a lot no, of times- not us, come on. <laughs> not us. We'll, we'll talk about that offline, right? That's right. Uh, but sometimes, you know, you have, and I know, you know, we're big Giants guys, but you go back to the Bill Belichick, do your job, right? The quote that's attributed to Coach Belichick. Uh, you know, do your job. I yep. want the kids to be a constructive partner, do their job, be respectful. Be honest and uh, just be nice to people. It's not hard to be nice to people. It's really not. It's a layup, which it's, you might miss, but even I can make a layup. I'll, I'll make it lefty, righty. I got no chance. <laughs> well, I'll force you right next time we play one-on-one. -on -one. It's, it's funny that you, there's two things that stick out into what you just said. One, the amount of ang the, the, the I'm so glad I grew up when I grew up um, that there wasn't the the – just everything had an immediate response, good, bad, ugly. And it's tough for the, for younger kids. And we, you know, we see it with, with the different groups that we work with. There's almost this thick shell of I'm only going to do enough that guarantees me not to be embarrassed mm -hmm. and, and anything. And, and I, I saw a quote recently and I, I can't attribute to it, attribute it to anybody right now, but there was a, a speaker who talked about, like anxiety is this fear of the unknown that we build up inside of ourselves. We don't know what's going to happen. And I, I love the fact that you're going to, you know, help them develop the skill of, you know, pushing themselves and, and learning to, you know, quiet the anxiety and quiet this fear of this unknown that we don't even know if it's possibly going to happen. And I think that's tremendous. Um, and then the, the, the second point was, uh, you know, the idea of, of, of doing your job and, and, and being a partner and being nice because, and you mentioned earlier for yourself, being on time, making sure you're, you're dressed professionally and look, like those are all things that you don't have to be smart to do. Right. You don't have to be athletic to do or artistic or talented. It's just, do you want to do it or not? And, and, and that's awesome that you're passing those messages along starting now at a young age. I appreciate that. We want them to try. We tell them all the time to try. And I think that that's resonating with them. Um, you know, not to get too kind of philosophical here, but you know that I mentioned earlier, I love the history of the presidency and all different things. And I love kind of oration and, uh, you know, watching old speeches and things like that. And I remember an old quote, I'm not going to get it right from President Kennedy, where he laid out all these things that he wants to accomplish. This is during his inauguration address. Yep. He wants to accomplish all kinds of things during his term, which ended tragically, of course, but, um, you know, it was such a, a bold vision. And he mentioned all these things, rattled off all these things. And he said, you know, all this is not going to be accomplished, maybe even in our lifetime, but let us begin. 
And I try to, that's always sat with me too. And I feel like, um, you know, we kind of boil that down to just try, yep. just try your best and good things will happen. The journey begins with one step. It couldn't, that's you know, right. it's uh, for sure. Um, you could pick one or multiple if you choose a book, movie, show, video, speech that you, that recently had an impact on you. This might surprise you a little bit, but I'm a big Star Trek fan. I didn't know that. And I, it's uh, specifically Star Trek Next Generation. <laughs> okay. And they have uh, the, new ep- or the new series is Star Trek Picard, which is uh, J- Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Enterprise, who hopefully you're, you're very familiar with. <laughs> uh, full disclosure. <laughs> ne- never... Uh... Never met him. Never, Never met him. Okay. Oh, well, that's cool. Well, we'll talk about that offline too. I haven't watched it. And this is, this might be, I don't know if the, how this is going to come across. I've never seen a single episode of Star Trek. Oh man. Well, you know what? Let me tell you, I suggest specifically the next generation. That's always had, had an impact on me and talk about a leader. Captain Jean Le Picard is a leader, man. So, uh, you know, if you can maybe get Patrick Stewart on the podcast, that would be wonderful. <laughs> He's the actor that plays him. But I'll there's get my, a I'll, get, I'll re- get my people on it. I'll get yeah, my yeah, people yeah, on yeah. it. Yeah. I'll help you out. <laughs> uh, but there's a reprise, and it's called Star Trek Picard, and it's uh, you know kind of obviously the whole series is set way in the future, but this is maybe 30 years or so after the end of the the first series that I mentioned. So um, you know, it's kind of a nice release to get away from all of the. I mentioned I kind of go all in on nonfiction for the yeah. most part. Uh, but that can become a little overwhelming too. And, and with all the news that we're overwhelmed with, um, I've always felt like Star Trek is kind of a nice release for me. So the brand new Star Trek Picard <laughs> series has had an impact on me. I've really enjoyed it. When, and no one knows, no one knows this answer, but when, when the quarantine is over, when, you know, when it's deemed kind of safe to resume normal activity, what's the first What's the first thing for, for Jeff Puglise? What's on that list? It's over. What are we doing? I'm going to Yankee Stadium, man. Yeah, baby. Oh, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. I couldn't wait. Uh, you know, it was Christmas time. I was counting the days to spring training. Um, and my sons are really getting into baseball now, and they were so excited, too. And so now, you know, we're, we're uh, kind of relegated to watching Yankee classics and oh. Yankee geographies and things like that on the Yes Network. But It's a beautiful thing, by the way. It's a beautiful thing. It is. It is. Uh, so I would say, and you're welcome to join us, but I'm taking the family to Yankee Stadium. That's where I'm going. Nothing would beat going to the stadium, seeing Garrett Cole go eight strong, mm-hmm. you know, 12 strikeouts. Absolutely. Beat up on Judgy the Red with Sox a couple a dingers. Dodgy with an oppo dinger and then one, one, uh, one pull job for a good measure. I like it. I like it. <laughs> baseball guy, baseball enthusiast, and this will be our final final question here. Your walk-up song. You're you're batting lead off for the for the bombers circa you know ninety-nine, two thousand. Mm-hmm. Step into the plate. What song what song is, is Jeff Pugliese picking for his walk-up music? Well, I'm gonna have to go back to my boy DJ, the captain. And I remember when, uh, you know, we were in, well, I guess it's probably after high school, but he, he came out, I don't remember the name of the song, but it was an Eminem song and he would be announced and you'd hear the guess who's back <laughs> again. <laughs> so that I always thought was really cool that he's announced, he comes up to the plate and, uh, you know, that guess who's back is playing in the background. So I would have to go with that. I'll figure out the name of the song. 
it's it's not the most appropriate song if you play the whole thing. <laughs> but, yeah, no, we'll we'll put that on the explicit lyrics. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, there. That, they, they cut it off after about ten seconds or so, or maybe <laughs> even five. Uh, but I just always loved uh, hearing Bob Shepard's, you know, famous historic voice announcing Derek Jeter coming up to the plate with that song right after it. So I would try to emulate that as best I can. I love it. I love it. How about it. you? Wind Beneath My Wings? No. Uh, I'd, pro- <laughs> I'd have to go with with something by, by Pearl Jam, I would say. I think that Rearview Mirror is a song uh, okay. that I would probably go with or, 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 uh, or Leash. Those are two kind of heavy hitters get everybody cool. jacked up for the at bat probably inside out i was a i was the wade bog style hitter so yeah. a lot of inside out you know left field singles not a lot and of, you a lot of off there. a few pitches and then they can play alive for you still alive there you go there you go perfect <laughs> well jeff i know um i know it's busy for you and i know everything's up in the air with the the situation we're all living in right now but uh absolutely appreciate you taking time out of your day to to talk with us and and give us some insight into you know your leadership style and your leadership personality and just again sharing what what a wonderful uh support system you and and the chamber as a whole has been uh for all of us during this tough time and you know so really appreciate you and that team on many fronts and uh, it was an absolute pleasure. This is going to be a great listen for our guests. And again, uh, Jeff Pugliese from the Middlesex Chamber, they're one of their vice presidents, uh, a great friend, a, a great ally to the people of Middlesex County. Thank you so much, my friend. Really appreciate having you on. I appreciate the opportunity. I had a blast, Dan. And uh, make sure you take care of that wonderful family of yours. And uh, love you, brother. Will do. Love you too, JP. Jeff Pugliese. Vice President, or one of the Vice Presidents of the Middlesex County Chamber of Commerce. What a great, uh, great session today. Thank you so much to our listeners. We appreciate you tuning in. And always remember, great leadership looks, sounds, and feels different. However, there is a common thread that connects all tremendous leaders. They are passionate about those that they lead, and they spend most of their time in their stretch zone. Not settling for that which is comfortable, because nothing exceptional was ever accomplished from comfort.